Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today, we're going to talk about all three Grinch movies. I'm not going to say their names because they're all a little bit different. Um, my name is Sarah. I am the mom of a possibly seven-year-old boy, depending on when this gets released. Uh, it will get released in December. So yes, he should be right around seven at that point. Okay. Okay. I am Briar Harvey. I am the mom of an adult, a 10-year-old, and a 4-year-old, none of whom, I have to say, were at all enthralled about watching Christmas movies in October. <laughs> sure. So, like, it was tough. It was I tough. had a hard time. I had a hard time forcing myself <laughs> into it. And like, uh, complete truth here, I didn't actually rewatch the Jim Carrey one because that was oh, a movie that... Oh, thank God. So here's the thing. I started it and couldn't fucking finish it because okay. it was so bad. So All bad. Right, so my son actually, a couple, like last year and the year before, that was his favorite Christmas movie. And we have oh, watched it so many times. So many times. And I couldn't find it anywhere streaming where I wouldn't have to pay for it. So I was like, you know what? I am completely familiar with this movie. I'm okay with not rewatching it. But I rewatched the others and I paid for the Benedict Cumberbatch version. So I paid for all three because okay. I just because <laughs> I just got them on Amazon. I was too lazy to go and stream them whoever knows where. But it really like Oh my god, Jim Carrey. So when we get there, apparently he went a little nuts filming that movie. I have Seems seems Jim Carrey appropriate. It does. It does. And it really like you can tell and I hated that movie. So we will have to make sure we rank all three separately when we get there because there's like negative five and Maybe a five. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. The Benedict okay. Cumberbatch one was really good, and I hadn't seen it before. Had mm-hmm. you seen it before? Okay. I had, yep. I um, because my son was shot. such a Grinch fan, right. I was just excited to have another thing. To, to have another thing, fold. and it's better. Yeah. yeah. It's so much better. So, the 19... 19- 66 version is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. The 2000... Um, Jim Carrey version is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And then the 2018 Benedict Cumberbatch version is just The Grinch. Okay. So, where do we want to start? Let's go ahead and start with the 1966, especially because it's only 25 minutes long. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. It was made for TV. It was... This is what we all grew up on, and right. it was just fucking fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was perfectly adequate for my grinchiness. And it is um, pretty true to the book, right? It, mm-hmm. The book was released in 1957. This movie was released in 1966, um, and it has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it was adapted by Seuss himself, and he also okay. wrote most of the songs. So that makes sense because it feels like the truest adaptation. It really, but again, really it's does. only 25 minutes, so it's not that hard to stay true to a kid's book when you only are working with 25 minutes. I could see where, like, obviously we've added a backstory for the Grinch in the other movies because we have, like, you know, 120 minutes we have to hit. 
Now, we'll talk about that, but there's good backstories and bad Mm -hmm. backstories. Right. Wow. So, um, a couple of things I wanted to point out about the 1966 version is um, the song You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, is Mm -hmm. sung by a guy with, like, the most amazing name ever. And I think we've brought him up before. I think Uh we've brought him up before. Um, His name is Thurl... Thurl Ravenscroft. Thurl. <laughs> so that guy with the deep, like, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch voice is Thurl Ravenscroft, which is, like, it feels like the most appropriate name for this fellow. Like, it really <laughs> like does. he needs a name like that. Um, he's also Tony the Tiger. He was the original Tony the mm-hmm. Tiger. Um, and if you're familiar with The Haunted Mansion, the ride at Disney World, he is the singer of the Grim Grinning Ghost song, which is the one that plays when you're in the graveyard. Um, and he's also one of the men on the singing um, bus at that part of the ride. Um, it's my favorite Disney Park song, actually. So, <laughs> so I like his won't... voice. I liked the song. Like That one really is iconic. That no. song is so good. I love the stink, stank, stunk part. That's my yes. absolute favorite part. It's that. always funny. It's such a good song. This one was also narrated by the one and only Boris Karloff. You don't care? I no, I mean, tell people, face. like, who, who is he? Who is oh, Boris come on. Karloff? You, I mean, I know who Boris Karloff is. Okay. He's, okay. like, well-known as, like, Dracula, right? It yes. Is Dracula? He's, like, Dracula. universal monster movie Dracula. Yes. Okay. And other things. He's done a bunch of other stuff. Right. So, and this one, it was um, produced, made by Chuck Jones of Warner Brothers. Fair. Okay. I love max in every version of in this. every <laughs> version he's the best part of this movie specifically uh-huh um and just like something to like think about do you think that um so the nightmare before christmas tim burton's really only uh responsible for the short story that led to the movie right right um he's got his hands in it other places but it's not truly a tim burton movie but um do you think that he was inspired by max for zero because they feel like very like similar characters right well and they to look the point they similar. both pull sleds right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think so interestingly enough as I was watching some of the in the nineteen in the twenty eighteen version, there are a couple of scenes with like the tech and the shadows mm-hmm. where it made me feel like it was a callback to oh, the nightmare so it's before just, Christmas. Just coming all around full circle. Full circle, baby. <laughs> but yes, but, I do. I think Max is zero. Yeah, undoubtedly. Okay. okay, good. And I love both of them. So mm-hmm. perfect. Um, the song that opens this movie up is just, it's a banger. I love it. <laughs> we need to listen to that song more. I'm throwing it on to um, some of my Christmas playlists mm-hmm. going forward. Because mm-hmm. you don't you don't hear that one enough. You hear, no, you, you know, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch comes up on everything. But, like, that I one is good. I was really kind of <laughs> shocked. Like, when it started playing, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Did I, so, 
The version that I bought on Amazon was some extended full-length thing with the Grinch does the Who's or the whatever. Halloween there was one, too? Right. Isn't there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm like, did I purchase some extended-length version of this 27-minute cartoon that I had yeah. heretofore never seen? No. I just didn't remember that song. Yeah. It's such a good song. It is. <laughs> Although, I must say. All of the Who's toys are fucking evil. Yes. And if I was the Grinch, I'd be stealing them too. That feels like a very Dr. Seuss thing, though, with the way Mm -hmm. that his world is. Like, I feel like every time he's talking, a lot of the stuff he brings up in his books for kids, like whether it be pets or, you know, things that kids have or horns that kids blow, they all sound super annoying, right? All the pets are super super annoying. annoying. I, I, think I think it's maybe secretly he hated kids toys and <laughs> like yeah maybe kids in general probably <laughs> probably probably but we'll get to dr seuss because there's some good redemption story arc there given current media we'll come back to him is there i mean the story is The Grinch hates Christmas. Mm -hmm. He steals Christmas. Mm -hmm. The Who's don't care anyway because Mm -hmm. they have Christmas spirit. The Grinch feels bad and returns Christmas. The end. Like, that's the show. It's meant to be, it's meant to call out the commercialization of Christmas. That was the intent of the story and the movie. And I think it does a good enough job at that, right? I think the 27-minute version of it does it significantly better than the 180-12-minute version that is Jim Carrey. Why is yes. that movie so long? I don't know. It's so freaking long. <sighs> and we get like, so... There's so much ancillary story to that movie. Right. And not just the uh, giving the Grinch a backstory, but, like, the whole, like, situation with the town and the decorating. And I don't care enough about Cindy Lou Who's family in that movie for the amount of time Mm-mm. they spend on it. For the amount of time they spend on that fucking decorating competition. Mm-hmm. And I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to talk about modern-day commercialism. It was mm-hmm. 2000. It was, like... Mm-hmm. These are the days when, you know, Black Friday and we'd be seeing Christmas mm-hmm. shit in October like we are now. And mm-hmm. I get it. And it was so heavy handed that I don't fucking yeah. care. Yeah. I would say ranking these movies that the Jim Carrey version is my least favorite. And oh, It's going to be obvious I'm... as we talk about them, I think. So we do want to move on to the Jim Carrey version. Yeah, let's talk about it. That's the 2000 version. So think about the world in the year 2000. In the um, year 2000. Conan O'Brien, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're so old. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. All right. So this one has a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. That feels high to me. It's narrated by Anthony Hopkins. Yes. I know. I had to look it up. And it even said, as I'm looking it up, I'm like, no. he t- Tony would not, like, besmirch himself with this <laughs> film. But indeed, he did. Um, it had a budget of $123 million, 
box office of 345 mil. So by all rights, this is a commercial success. It's just a terrible fucking movie. Right, right. So um, this movie opens with the snowflake, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is, uh, like, actually what's intended, but my son believes that the Who's live inside the snowflake. And... I'm believing that because who's also apparently live in a seed or on a seed in Horton. Here's a who, right? Right. So they live in the snowflake on this one. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's more believable than the backstory <laughs> they gave Jim Carrey's Grinch. Yeah. Which as far as I can tell. So, so, so the babies come down in these little poof mobiles because that's that's how babies <laughs> right. happen in who. That's how who babies come about. And and for some reason, the Grinch got left outside all night at a Christmas party. He did yeah. not get parents. He <laughs> had aunties and 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 like they made a whole fucking thing about mm-hmm. the aunties. And I want to, I, I, I have to ask, were they like Sappho style roommates? Yeah, they were, they were that. That's what they were. <laughs> they were, they were roommates. They were They were roommates. like 1940s roommates. Right. <clears throat> Which feels <laughs> like, I, I, I'd like to give them props for inclusion, but like all other Sappho style roommates, we don't actually include them in any right. way. They were roommates. They, they they weren't a lesbian couple who adopted the ugly yeah. green baby. Yeah. They were just roommates. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Um, child Grinch is terrifying. I mean, like, if I wanted to watch Jim Carrey Green, really, I would watch The Mask. Yeah, yeah. I I don't love Jim Carrey as a FX costume makeup character. So apparently, it took two and a half hours to put him in this fucking suit every day. I believe it. And the fur was made of yak. Oh, jeez. I imagine, though it did not specify, but I can only imagine it had a scent to it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, you know, wet wool. Right. Yak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looked good. It was a good good costume. But it took two and a half hours to get him in this fucking thing. And after the first three weeks on the set... Jim went a little bit crazy. So he's like the Daniel Day-Lewis of comedians, right? He kind of is. (laughs) Do you think he was like a, he was a method actor, always in the character of the Grinch? So you, funnily (laughs) enough, so prior to his appearance as the Grinch in 2000, like right before it was Man on the Moon, that Andy Kaufman biopic, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And they had to call him Andy. On the set. Yes. He notably stayed in character. He was in character the entire time. Which is, speaking as an actor, not really a healthy thing to do. I get it. 
very Andy Kaufman, right? Oh, like, yeah. Like... Because they're... Yeah, that's what the whole movie is about. Like, how there are just aspects of Andy Kaufman's life that people are like, what was real and what was a show, what right? What was fiction, right? Yeah. So... And so he did that and then had to go spend two and a half hours <laughs> getting in a yak suit... <laughs> And he went a little nuts. And I almost really can't blame him. But what happened was, is that he, like, disappeared for a week. And they couldn't, nobody could find him. He just kind of went off the reservation. And so they halted production. And when they came back, they found that he had destroyed the yak suit. Okay, well, you know, I can't really blame him. Again. But then he was uh, apparently a real asshole to the makeup artist who actually quit the production for a while. I think 93 days they spent filming this fucking thing, which y'all may not quite have a sense of, but we are here to tell you for a live action like this, that is an exceptionally long production time. Okay. I... Because they kept having delays. Yeah. And yeah. Nine, two and a half hours in makeup for the yak suit. How long did it take the Who's in makeup? Because I really hate the Who makeup in this. I hate their faces. I really hate the Who faces in this one, too. And, like, I want to say they're weirdly racialized. I can't quite explain it. But they attempted to bring back some of... To bring in some Who's of color... Because, okay, again, okay. 2000, but yeah. the Black Who's had different noses. It was, did they? Mm, yes, they did. <laughs> okay, I have to look this up now. <laughs> this is, this is, I, I just, the whole movie was fucking terrible. And shall we talk about the backstory? About the Grinch's backstory? Yes. Yes. We so should. he was adopted why by the Why he hates aunties. Christmas. Right, but why he hates Christmas isn't because of Christmas. It's because of his weird love triangle with the mayor and whatever her name was. We're in real, like in the movie? Yes. I don't know what her name is. I, I don't know her name. It's the not actress her. is... <laughs> oh, what the hell is her name? Is it Christine Baranski? There you go. Or is it... The other woman who reminds me of Christine Baranski. No, no, it also... was actually Christine okay. Baranski as Martha May Huvier, which <laughs> is a whole nother... I'm not even going <laughs> to... I, I can't. But no, seriously, the amount of time they spent on Christine Baranski and Molly Shannon's lighting feud was absolutely untenable. I do have to make one shout out. Christine Baranski is from Buffalo. <laughs> it's very important that I, I mention that as somebody from Buffalo. People as, from Buffalo point out that kind of thing all the time. Additionally, yes, we will also point out all the things that were invented in Buffalo for you. So okay. just, I probably have in the past. Oh, uh, you've certainly talked about Johnny Resnick in this same exact way, so it's Johnny fine. Resnick and then that other actress who is also from Buffalo that I always get confused with Christine Baranski. Um, let me pull up her name. Is it because they have the same accent, perhaps? No, they they play similar roles. Um, okay, okay. 
It is. Doo -doo 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 -doo. We're getting there. Wendy Malik. Oh yes, okay. Because we just talked about we her and something about else. Her. Yeah. I can't remember. She in what, but... is also from Buffalo. Okay, fabulous. <laughs> in weird other casting notes for this film, I just have to tell you that Bryce Dallas Howard was the teenage girl who... Is this a Ron Howard movie? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, even Ron makes stinkers every now and then is really what you should walk away <laughs> with from, from our, our reading of this one, because normally I think Ron makes good movies, but I... Man... Like I got I got to the part after he had destroyed the Christmas tree and they had brought in the second and I was like I can't I can't do this anymore. It's just we haven't even stolen Christmas yet. Mm -hmm. So the backstory is that he was made fun of relentlessly by mm -hmm. the mayor in school. Who about wasn't the mayor his, as kids they're contemporaries. Obviously right. But especially about his crush on Martha May Huvier. Yes. And then he tried to shave, I guess. Yeah. With, you know, a who razor, which I would not put near my fucking <laughs> face. Jesus, that looks like an instrument of torture. Yeah. And then... He cut himself up predictably, as an eight-year-old does when they first shave off all of their nasty chin hairs. I just, I couldn't. It's so bad. So, the mayor and Martha May Huvier are not together. No, he proposes. Okay. He proposes to her after he gives the Grinch his... The mayor's a real asshole. Yes. Played by Jeffrey Tambor, by the way, which I, I'm refraining from any further comment on. We're just, we've decided it's not, it's just too, it takes up too much time for us to continually talk about problematic people. But I feel like we've already done that one anyway. So We have, he, yeah, he but is, we're, we're not he, He's it. an asshole played by Jeffrey Tambor, which seems to work out well. And he, <laughs> he gives... So Cindy Lou Who nominates him for the Who whatever trophy fucking thing. Jesus Christ. They made up so much incredibly non-essential story here. And the mayor gives him a razor. Because nobody else gets it. Mm -hmm. But the mayor and the Grinch certainly do. Right. And then he proposes to... to, to, to Martha to May Huvier. Martha May Huvier. With this fucking atrocious stacked diamond and a car. Because, obviously. He even mentions, paid for by the townspeople. <laughs> so his corruption is just surface level. Oh, right? like, you're it's right. all there. It's, it's not all hidden. there. It's not even surface. Like, <laughs> man, the whole thing. But Martha May Huvier has always loved the Grinch, right? Correct. Like deep down? Correct. Yeah. Deep down. Okay. She said so in her interview with Cindy Lou Who. Okay. 
You gotta refresh my memory. Okay. Cindy didn't ask. Um, we should mention that opening where the teens go up to the Who's cave, or the Grinch's cave. Right? They're dressed so iconically 2000. Right. It is. I mean, and the behavior and the... Yeah, yeah. Um, my son loved that part of the movie where the guy, the kid is like stumbling to like say uh-huh. something and then the Grinch says, the Grinch, and makes fun of him. That was my son's favorite part of the movie. That kid, by the way, is played by, I mean, in other weird random <laughs> bit parts, TJ Tyne, who was um, Dr. Jack Hodgkins on Bones. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, got it. Yeah, so there okay. you go. So TJ Tyne and Bryce Dallas Howard. And Taylor Momsen was on uh, Gossip Girl, right? She yes, had like a Taylor Momsen, yeah. who was Cindy Lou Who, was on Gossip Girl. Okay. So do we have anything more we need to talk about with this movie? Just that it Can sucked? We... Okay. Can we move on to the one we enjoyed? Oh. Okay, but one question though, because it sucks a lot, and there were fifty-eight songs that made it suck even more. So I have to ask, in particular relation to this film, were there enough songs for Sarah? Uh, I didn't realize there were that many songs in the movie. I don't really? like Cindy Lou Who's version of the song. Oh my God! What the hell I would, is I that much singing? prefer Faith Hill's version. <laughs> Right? Because she had the single, like the radio right. single of that, right? Oh, right. Okay. Um, I don't remember any other songs. I only Which remember tells that you one. how bad they all are is, yeah. is really the point I'm getting at here. Do the characters sing? Is it actually a musical? Like, oh, have I completely wiped that part of this movie? Uh, like, no, I no, have... no, no. There are, okay. no. There are plenty of songs, though, interspersed by okay. people like Faith Hill and in sync okay. apparently you don't have to be alone on Christmas was sung by in sync okay you know, so it's not that's... like the music is not furthering the story except no, no, no. in Cindy Lou Who's case right? it, except for but no in fact smash mouth bin folds bare naked ladies I literally watched all of this this morning and I too have blocked it all out so <laughs> that's very 2000s very 2000 musicians um no i don't this is not a musical this no this this was terrible okay (laughs) this is terrible just i just i just had to clarify it specifically for this film all right let's go on because i can't talk about this movie anymore the benedict cumberbatch film was 2018 and Uh it only has a um they have a 59% 59% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I felt like this movie was better than that. I um, really did, too. I will say my my main issue with this movie was I feel like Illumination has fallen into a rut with uh, Despicable Me, and there was a lot of this movie that was, like, basically the Grinch is Gru, right? So, mm. like, the layer and, like, everything. I don't know. That was so- my biggest issue. And it's fair because it's illumination. So we mm-hmm. come in with the fucking minions, minions singing mm-hmm. along with the rabbit played by the equally troublesome Kevin Hart. Right. Oh, so, right. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I think that was my biggest issue, but, like, if this movie had been made by anybody other than Illumination, I wouldn't have... And it was, like, if this exact movie... Everything about it, the exact same, but made by a different company, it wouldn't have You probably me. would not have felt that way. No, I no. agree. Um, but I also really love, like, the Rube Goldbergness of everything in the house and, like, the fact that Max does it all. Max is great in this movie. Max has spunk in this I love movie. Max. Max in this one has a little <laughs> bit of sass. Yeah. So the budget for this one was $75 million respectable for uh, an animated film it made 511 holy crap so yeah this one did exceptionally well this one apparently i can is playing locally in movie theaters right now yeah it's gonna play in my theater too in early december when i was trying to find it for streaming it came up like do you want to see this movie in the theater and i'm like uh no maybe Maybe. (laughs) i don't know (laughs) I, i i don't know you tell me, do I? <laughs> so, I don't know why they decided we needed another Grinch, because by yeah. all all actual references that I can find, except for, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, obviously, the tw- 2000 version with Jim Carrey seems to be kind of beloved, which is yeah. wild to me. But Well, my son loved it. Uh, I could remember being in the theater watching a preview for something, the first time I found out that this movie was going to exist and having that exact same thought process, like, Oh, that doesn't seem necessary, but also being very excited for it because I was sick of watching the other version with my kid. So it's Benedict Cumberbatch Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. I think does a good job, but like totally it was weird to see that he was going to be that character. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, why, you know, but in the end I think he does a good job of it. Well, and Although, it's pretty, for Benedict, one note, if I'm being perfectly Mm -hmm. honest, this is the same dude who was Smog, the -hmm. dragon. Like, I expected a little bit more grinchiness here and Mm -hmm. did not get it, but... I did like that his his Grinch was essentially somebody who was depressed. Yeah. And I thought that comes across well, like, you know what I mean? This backstory, man, it it broke my heart, yeah. y'all. It really, this this was a kid in the orphanage who didn't get a Christmas, and mm-hmm. you can't really blame him for hating Christmas. And despite all of those things, he has made something of himself. He's yes. got the lair. He's mm-hmm. got the organ and the you know yeah chalkboard right like this this Grinch is shopping in the market even Mm -hmm. so we talked about before how like we didn't care about the who's stories in the last one right Mm -hmm. um I I appreciate Cindy Lou Who's family story in this Mm -hmm. one in fact I almost didn't get enough information mm-hmm. about Cindy Lou Who's family. What happened to the dad? We never get that little detail. Right. I mean, I assumed he died. I, I assumed so, but we never actually get to know. And I l- like that, actually, yeah. that there was a little bit of mystery around this is just a single mom raising her three kids, and yeah. we don't have to know why she's a single mom 
mm-hmm. just know that she's doing it all by herself. And that right. was beautiful. Do you think the Grinch ends up with Cindy Lou Who's mom in this version? Oh, yes, absolutely, yeah. I do. Okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that, that That's the love story I got out of it. And I like I, it. I'm here for I like yeah. it. I'm cool with it. I like that the Grinch is a slightly less, like, of an other in this. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not, like, do they talk about him being green? No, they never talk about him being green. There's neighbor Bricklebomb who yeah. already likes him. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. does that... Is that, uh, who's playing that character? Oh, that's Kenan Thompson. That's what I thought. It was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that somebody already likes him. Yes, and and in a really genuine, we all Mm -hmm. know guys like Bricklebaum who just like Mm -hmm. fucking everybody, even though the Grinch has gone out of his way to be unfriendly. Right, right. I love when he's shopping and he steals the pickles out of the person. And eats the one and then puts it back in the yeah. jar and then puts it in somebody else's cart. It's yeah. so amazing. Like, yeah. it was just, there were really nice notes here that yeah. were humorous and filled in. I mean, so this one was shorter, an hour mm-hmm. and a half. And because of the design of this story around Cindy Lou and about the Grinch's depression, I didn't mm-hmm. actually feel like there was unnecessary story mm-hmm. here. Yeah. I agree. I liked the way that this told the Grinch story, and it told you a different story, but it was still the heart of the Grinch story, right? Mm-hmm. That his heart was three sizes too small. Right. And why was his heart three sizes too small? Because he was alone. And they even unloved. make... That's his That's his speech at the mm-hmm. end. Right? And I cannot tell a lie. Full on weeper, y'all. Mm-hmm. I've not seen it before. And I yeah. was bawling like a baby through that whole end sequence it when he's really... at cindy lou who's house or oh yeah and they and they bring out the who beast because like that oh. in particular was a thing that he hated right mm-hmm. because he never got it yeah. not because i mean that was made clear in this movie i always felt bad for him mm-hmm. he was just tragically misunderstood as a child and then grew up to be a loner out in the mountains and they still but they still didn't really hate him they just right. ignored him right he just wasn't they didn't think about him they just didn't think no. about him right um so this movie is uh, narrated by who? Uh, Pharrell Williams. Okay. Um, question that we didn't really talk about. There is a cover of You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch by Tyler, the creator in this one, mm-hmm. which is good. I like it. I mean, I love the original um, unabashedly, mm-hmm. but I think this one does a good job and it updates mm-hmm. it and it makes it sound mm-hmm. good. Did they do a version of it for the Jim Carrey movie? Because I, if they didn't, I feel like they, um, really missed out on an opportunity there. Oh, they did. Do they even play um, it? The, the Grinch 2000. Okay. Was Busta Rhymes featuring Jim Carrey. Okay. I don't even. I don't even remember. It. You've blocked that one out too, and I, I don't even know what did it I sound like. It. I have to play it now because I need to know what it sounded like. All right, well, go find it. It's terrible. He sings it about himself. 
Yes, he sings well, it about dressed. himself, and then I the rhyme, the, the the rap happens, and it's huh. not it's it's not good. I literally hate it. Literally, I hate mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's why you blocked it out. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot to bring this up, but the Jim Carrey version reminds me so much of <laughs> Lazy Town. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying because that that's really accurate and also probably why I hated it so much. Yeah, right? Like, um, oh, Lazy Town, man. So when that show, because I had a kid when that show was live. Yeah, like I had, when it was the I first my airing daughter. of it. Right. So I was forced to endure Lazy Town. Right. And that show was awful. <laughs> oh my god i'm, I'm yeah. having flashbacks it's terrible that okay. that show started in 2004 so mm-hmm. but it reminds me so much of that uh, um, I, I i yeah I'm, I'm going with you on that one i really like the um art style for the who's in the 2018 movie mm-hmm. i think they should never attempt to make live action who's again Never again. Never They're, again. Like, Doctor no Seuss's characters news. are not meant to be live Real. action. No. Yeah. I think my favorite part is that whole, and it's not very long, but it's a nice little side story about Fred the reindeer. Yes, I love Fred the reindeer. And. Fred's family showing mm-hmm. up. Yep. And the Grinch lets Fred go immediately. Like, there isn't even a question that he belongs with his family. Yeah. Which just really reinforced the loneliness right. of the Grinch. Yep. And it um, was... It was good. For a character that wasn't uh, created by... Dr. Seuss, I think Fred the Ant, the reindeer looks very much like a Seussian character, right? <laughs> and acted like a Seussian character. And oh my just... god, I was just um, I just googled Fred the reindeer because like I I'm just sitting here and I I wanted to Google him, right? Right. And it brought me to a listing for a stuffed animal version of Fred the Reindeer on Amazon. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm scrolling down, and it's like, people who are interested were also interested in this. And I have to show you this truly terrifying thing. It's a doll of infant Grinch from the Jim Carrey movie. No! Oh, my God, no! <laughs> it's. Can you see it? I can! Oh my god, that's terrible! Is it gonna be in your nightmares now? <laughs> this is, with Chucky. It's, oh my god, it's disgusting. It's terrible. <laughs> I don't know why I, like, so much Why does movie. it exist? Why? Why does that whole thing even exist? It's only $20. Don't buy that. You can you can buy Fred the reindeer if you would like. You can buy it in two different outfits. It comes in like PJs or a Santa costume. Jesus H Christ! It's terrifying. I hate it. I want it to burn in a fire. Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> Fred the reindeer as a stuffed animal is adorable. Feel free to buy Fred the reindeer. Like 
I love him. <laughs> so, so yeah, this one, but the whole way through, I imp- I enjoyed this movie. Yes. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the animation. I thought this was as good as any long version of The Grinch is ever going to get. Yes, I agree. I like please, this one. Please don't ever remake it ever again. Let's anyway. not. Let's, Let's not. not. This, this, this is what it is. It's this or it's the 27-minute 1966 mm-hmm. version. Those are your options. We're just going to... We're going to phase the Jim Carrey one out of existence. and, and I truly and hope so. Like, can we, I, please? Back to the Jim Carrey version. I feel like that came in a stretch of Jim Carrey's career where um, uh, he played, like, multiple terrifying characters. So, Give me one second because I want to... I, I'm looking it up myself. When, do you know what I'm referring to in oh, particular? Oh, I do. And... and... <laughs> My His version of A Christmas Carol is the most terrifying thing I've ever watched. I need to see if I can see an actual... No, I'm... there's a whole page for the filmography. He's not as bad as Nick Cage, but there are 42 films in yeah. the Jim Carrey filmography. <clears throat> His version of A Christmas Carol came out in 2009. So here's what happened, and I'm 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 actually I'm gonna agree with my husband on this. The Truman Show was probably the pinnacle of Jim Carrey as a serious theatrical actor. Man okay. on the Moon was okay. I I did not, I, but it's whatever. I'm. How not do you feel into- about Eternal Sun? shine of the spotless mind okay that's an okay movie i i don't like it um i'm i'm i feel like i'm voluntarily giving up my millennial card by telling you that i don't like it but i don't like it okay so now that you said that you don't like it i'll say that i don't understand why people like it and maybe that's just i think it's because it's a manic pixie dream girl situation it really is a manic pixie dream jim carrey and i don't like it no i don't like it okay we agree (laughs) that's good (laughs) moving on then he went on and did lemony snickets and then the number 23, also fucking terrifying. He was, um, yeah, right after that, A Christmas Carol, I Love You, Philip Morris. Some of this shit was really, really terrible. I mean, really, I really terrible. I, I, I do. I feel like maybe The Truman Show was the pinnacle of the best Jim Carrey we were ever going to get. And then after that, it was just highly overrated. Yeah. Because I don't <laughs> like any of this. I am thankful that his Dr. Robotnik isn't, like, heavily um, prosthetic Right. <laughs> that, that makes the movie more watchable for me. Um, I mean, there was the Majestic, but he's not really the main character in that movie, so I'm kind of okay with it, right? I'm just not a huge Jim Carrey fan. I'm just I'm finding I, as I'm scrolling through here. No, but I will again I, I have to say again that I just find his version of a Christmas Carol f- terrifying. Terrifying. Um terrifying. because 
Jim Carrey himself, like the way he moves his face is sometimes terrifying. But then you figure this is that technology that they used for Polar Express, like where they're um, face mapping people. I hate it. I I hate it as much as Baby Grinch. Those are two terrifying moments for me. So, so, so let's just, I mean, since we're putting all of our millennial cards on the table, how do you feel about Dumb and Dumber? I, I don't like Dumb Ace and Dumber. Ventura? Um, Ace Ventura is fine. I don't love it. I've never dressed up as Ace Ventura. It's all right. I understand, like, I like I that thought... it's like the, it's in the same vein as like, um, naked gun to me you know i'm sorry i cannot i can't accept that naked gun is like a remarkable satire okay and leslie nielsen is a genius okay ace ventura was stupid Okay. And dumb and dumber. I feel like we got so much stupid comedy in that period in time. Late nineties is when yeah. all of this is and so I dumb and dumber, this Ace Ventura. Is that when we were getting like all the not another teen movies? Right. Like, and just so much. Here's dumb another one. Comedy. Here's another one I'm gonna throw out that, that loses me my millennial card, but I hated There's Something About Mary. Also in this era of stupid comedy. They, I have never willingly rewatched any of these movies. No. They're dumb and they should feel bad about themselves. I'm just going to go frankly. ahead and say I don't like Jim Carrey. It's fine. And I particularly don't like Jim Carrey after um, his whole situation with uh, What's Her Face. Right. Uh, Jenny McCarthy. Right. Who is? Let's By not even association. get into. Yeah, let's not no. even get into Jenny so, McCarthy, shall we? But you're, oh. you know, it's funny that you pointed out, like when we were looking at his filmography, you made mention of Nicolas Cage because in my head, I kind of am like, I feel about them in the same kind of way, right? No, I cannot. But I do. <laughs> you can. I, I'm a big fan of Nick Cage, and but I think I've talked about this before. I like Nick Cage because what he is deliberately doing is tr- playing with the genre itself. Okay. Every film Nick Cage does is him trying to bring some bit of ludicrousness. Okay. I I mean, that's how you get Raising Arizona, and that's how you get all of those iconic Nick Cage characters, and you Mm -hmm. wouldn't get them if he wasn't willing to experiment. And he's freely acknowledged that that also leads to lots of bad movies, because experimentation requires failure for you to pick out the good stuff. Right. The difference for Nick Cage and Jim Carrey, in my mind, is that Jim thinks he's awesome, and so, Nick knows he's experimenting. Nick Cage is in on the joke, and Jim Carrey yes, isn't. Yes, he okay. is. All right. Yeah, I like That's that. That's the got difference it. for me. Take that. Okay. I agree. All right. So, I hate that we talked about the Jim Carrey version so much when I really, I really like 
the Benedict Cumberbatch version so much more. But I but guess that's it, that's kind of our thing. We talk about th- the bad really movies more than we thing. talk about the good movies. When um, the movie is good, we don't actually talk about the movie at all. There's so, mm-hmm. so many other things to talk about, which, mm-hmm. by the way, I feel like this is a decent way to wrap us all up. Did you want to talk about Dr. Seuss? I wanted to talk about Dr. Seuss. Okay. I mean, I don't want to talk about Dr. Seuss, but I feel like we have to talk about Dr. Seuss. Uh, I feel like Dr. Seuss is actually a pretty decent redemption story. Okay. And I, I, I like being able to bring a different element to this conversation because... Okay. So, y'all know, we canceled Dr. Seuss last year, right? So, so I think I have, to, I have to say that I think this is a situation where people intended to cancel specific works of Dr. Seuss, but then certain people certain people decided to either one take it and run with it and make it a bigger deal than it was but then there's that other group of people who uh have a problem with anybody canceling anybody for anything except when they cancel people right you know who i'm talking about right i do know who you're talking okay (laughs) if you know you know if you know you know if you know you know i'm not gonna name names or anything but you know who they are Right. The problem here was very specifically that the uh, Dr. Seuss, uh, what the hell is that word that I'm looking for? Canon? Trust. Oh, like, yes. Mm-hmm. The trust. They willingly, they willingly got rid of They these. retired yeah. three of Dr. Seuss's books. Now, the one that people were up in arms about was to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street because it is his first book. And that is probably the only reason that most people know it at all. I know I owned a copy growing up. I owned a copy. I purchased a copy, I think, for my children. It's probably on one of my shelves somewhere. Mm -hmm. I cannot even tell a lie that there are some really heinous racial slurs sure, in yeah. that book. And I'm not <clears throat> going to forgive it by any means, but I also know that my mom has all the books from when I was a kid in uh-huh. the room my son sleeps in when we're at her house. And we have pulled up so many books that I have like fond memories of, and they are actually very problematic. So They're all terrible, right. I think I really appreciate that the Seuss Trust willingly got rid of, or, like, took these three books off the market, essentially, um, when there is an argument that could be made for all of them that they are a product of their time. All um, of them. Even right. this one, 1937, y'all. Think I about 1937. I have to give you the context of 1937. Mm-hmm. We had just... It's the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. World War Two has begun. We are not in it yet. Pearl right. Harbor hasn't happened. But everybody knows and can feel that war is coming because they knew it ever since the end of World War One. Like, yeah. even then we were talking about we've just postponed things. Mm-hmm. So... We knew it was coming. That was international relationship with Japan and China at the time. It's not forgivable. It Mm -hmm. is understandable. 
Right. I mean, you're going to come across so many instances of that around the same time. And like I said, I'm not forgiving it. I'm 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 saying that what they did was a good thing. What they did by taking these books off the market was a good thing. I mean, um, and Theodore Geisel had some problems. He supported the internment camps, the Japanese mm-hmm. and German internment camps that were in this country, <laughs> you know. That's a that's a terrible legacy yes. that we have mm-hmm. there that we do not I think we don't talk about that one enough. I mean, and... I feel like we've been talking about it a lot more just because a certain group of people have decided to make themselves um, martyrs. And so the discussion about what they are trying to say is happening to them and trying to relate it to things in the past, like internment camps, has brought up actual discussion of things like internment camps, like we haven't talked about them in a while. Right. So I'm, I'm willing to have that conversation about internment camps. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> but you are Absolutely. not being put into an internment camp, so please stop saying you are. <laughs> please, please stop. Okay. That's just... Um, yeah. Wow. So I feel like it is one of those things that it, it's, it's more in the public consciousness because Mm -hmm. of that now. Um, But did I ever actually learn about them in school? No. Do people learn about them now? I don't know. My kid's not at that age yet. My kids did, but my kids But you homeschool. Right. We homeschool, (laughs) and their father is an amateur historian. So, of course, they learned, right? I mean, I think I knew about them because I was a very well-read kid. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, not because I was taught about them. And I think they've appeared some in our literature over the years, but not in... And I... It's a conversation absolutely worth having. Mm -hmm. So, to circle back then to Dr. Seuss, it was something that he supported initially. It was something he campaigned for and talked about. Because what you have to understand about Dr. Seuss is that writing kids' books wasn't his day job. Mm-hmm. His day job was a as a political cartoonist. Okay. So the man had opinions. Right. That was his job. That was his job, literally, to draw his opinions. And what I'm going to tell you is that he changed his mind. In 1954... He specifically wrote a book I think we're all familiar with. It's called Horton Hears a Who. And it is specifically about the American occupation of Japan. Okay. So I think that what I come back to is that the greatest thing anyone can do is learn more and change their mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that whether he liked kids or not, he had a way of telling stories that made them clear mm-hmm. and understandable and relatable. And Horton Hears a Who tells a very powerful story. I mean, you even have stories like uh, the star-bellied sneeches that are right. very more apparent about the um, lesson that they're teaching, or the Lorax. Right. Right. So I, I, 
I don't want Dr. Seuss to disappear. I no. think he has good lessons to teach. And I think even just by talking about why the books that got taken off got taken off is another lesson to teach, right? And so, to close with The Grinch, the lesson here has always been about, I think, loneliness mm-hmm. and being alone and inviting people in to Christmas, right? And I think That's... that there's also an aspect to take out of it where, like Cindy Lou Who, recognizes that the Grinch isn't doing bad things because he's a bad person. He's doing right. bad things because he feels bad. And that happens to people. And it's not right, but you need to recognize that sometimes. Now, socially, I certainly think we can make the argument that we are far more forgiving of some people than we are others. And that's a thing we need to have a conversation (laughs) around. Absolutely. But this is how we have those conversations with the hard stuff. And that's what we keep Mm -hmm. coming back to. So this story, yeah, for me, I actually think maybe the Benedict Cumberbatch is my favorite because it gets to that part of the story so well. Yeah, I like the Benedict. We have talked, I mean, I've said it five times at least throughout this. I like the Benedict Cumberbatch version better, and I think it proves or tells the tale and gives the, um, the... the lesson better personally oh god there is no lesson in the jim carrey version except i mean for I, don't there is but it's still terrible and i hate it <laughs> well and it was the commercialism that they tried to go so heavy-handed mm-hmm. on but that's not the lesson it's mm-hmm. not about commercialism it's about being alone mm-hmm. so we have to choose the right story there this movie, all three of them, are universal at any age if you can deal with watching the Jim Carrey version. But I might, I could say that I could see a kid finding Jim Carrey terrifying in the Jim Carrey version. <laughs> so you know your kid, and if that's the kind of thing that is likely to spook them, then just stay away from it. The live action <laughs> Whovians are kind of terrifying. Well, like Let's... Jim Carrey is terrifying as the yeah. Grinch. Like he's a scary Grinch. The, and the, so. He lives in a dump. He eats, I guess, raw onions. <laughs> there was a whole bit there where I was really, really put off by him as a character. And I know that was deliberate, but it was just so over the top. It was. Can we talk about my favorite part of Benedict Cumberbatch's Grinch? Yeah, let's get back to the good one. Is when he puts on his pants. I know. <laughs> His furry pants. But he's And there's furry. a whole row of them. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked the labels on the furry pants, too, right? Yeah. I don't remember what they all were, but, like, Max had to pick out the right pair of sad yeah. pants. Because that's yeah. what they were. They were they were the Grinch's sad pants. Right. So good. <laughs> all right. 
we gotta we gotta rank these things. Now these are Christmas rankings. Yes, as they're, always they're has to be. Let's start with sixty six. Uh, I'm gonna give it a four for nostalgia alone. Okay. Also for Thrill Ravencroft. Okay. Because that is the best version of your I mean one, Mr. Grinch. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I think I'd give it, I, I give it a four and a half. Because it's okay. just, it's almost perfect. It mm-hmm. could be a little bit longer. But for a kid's book adaptation, knowing the audience, 27 mm-hmm. minutes, that's about it, right? Yeah. Um, Jim Carrey. Oh, God. 2000. I'm giving it a two. No, I cannot watch this movie. Like, even seasonally, I can't I already watch did. this movie. I know. I already I know, lived that I'm life. I'm so sorry. I've I'm survived. <laughs> I, I know, but but even with holiday rankings, I cannot give this movie more than one star. I just, I can't know my ability to sit through is nil. <laughs> okay. It's like half a star. It's holy crap, it's bad. Okay, Benedict Cumberbatch version. 2018. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Because I could watch this movie again and again. Again and again and again and again. No, I, it, it's Christmas ranking, so I'll give it a five. Okay. I liked it. Having not seen it, I, I mean, and I might change my mind after watching it 5,000 times in a row. Yeah. But I don't think so. I really, really enjoyed this story from beginning to end. The animation is good. It's just, it's good. I mm-hmm. like it. All right. It's a perfect Christmas holiday movie for me. <laughs> All right. That's it. Next time, we are going to be covering our favorite. Like, we've already rated this one, right? I mean, we may as well just both go in and put a five in there. Yeah. It's a wonderful life, y'all. If you don't think it is, then don't bother bother joining us. Unabashedly (laughs) big fans of it. Like, like I have artwork in my house that I I, is there all the time. (laughs) Jimmy Stewart was the man. Yeah. So Man. if you don't if you don't like it's a wonderful life just don't don't you listen. should just skip that one. Yeah. But we're we're still wishing you a merry christmas anyway even yes. if you're not our people. That's all. <laughs> all right y'all. Find us at Latchkey Movies on Facebook and Instagram. You can email us, latchkeymovies at gmail.com. You can give us a call and tell us how wrong we are about Jim Carrey. We, we won't agree, but, you know, <laughs> you're welcome to tell us how wrong we are. We might play it on the air. You never know. 402-885-4875. If you have enjoyed us wa- waxing rhapsodic about Christmas movies... Please do give us a taco. That's ko-fi.com slash briar. I give Sarah her tacos, just for the record, (laughs) when they come through. All right. We will see you next time. Have a good one. Merry Christmas, y'all. Bye. Also, happy holidays.
because oh, there are a lot of holidays. winter ones. <laughs> there are a lot of winter ones. <laughs> Whatever you celebrate, enjoy. Whatever you celebrate, I, Christmas is just one of the ones. That I unabashedly celebrate most of them just because it's December. Who doesn't love cold. a reason to celebrate there, in the middle there, of winter? There needs to be a reason to <laughs> get up in December. So have all the holidays, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. All right.